Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. Hey, listen, when I say the word salvation, what comes to mind? Saved, redeemed, set apart, uh, rescued, Jesus, not guilty. Good, shout it out there. Cleansed, saved, redeemed, made whole, sealed, salvation. Today we start a new um, series, and it's called Doctrine. And it is those foundational truths that the new believer, the guy and gal that's been around for 10, 20 years, or the guy and gal that's been around forever. We need to know these doctrinal truths that the church is going to share in the next six weeks or so. And I have the privilege to to start it off. And you want to guess what we want to talk about this morning? Salvation. Salvation. Thank you, Lord. Listen, our world is full of, full of world religions. Matter of fact, if you, if you uh, trust the interweb and Mr. Google, it says that there's 4, 000, over 4,400 world religions. Over 4,000 world religions. And each one of those religions have their own point of view on what salvation is and how to obtain it. Some really smart people that spend their life thinking about things come up with this doctrinal statement that is at the heart of our talk today. Stay with me here. Salvation is the deliverance by the grace of God from eternal punishment for sin, which is granted to those who accepted by faith God's conditional repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Salvation is only available through Christ. Now that's a working definition. I think Jesus says it better, right? Better than any think tank better than anybody who uh, spends all their time thinking about things. Jesus had it in chapter 14, and we're going to pick it up in the first verse. You've heard it before. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's house. If this were not so, I would have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. When, I, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Thank you, Lord. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea. That sounds like us, right? Sounds like me. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? And here it is. You've heard it multiple times. Jesus told them, 
told them, the disciples, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your mercy and grace today. We thank you, God, that you are in complete and sovereign control. And Lord, no matter what is going on at this very moment, you knew about it. You got it handled. And Lord, we just rest in you this morning. We thank you, God, that your Holy Spirit is alive and moving in this place. And Lord, that our hearts are hearing from you. And now, Father, I pray that by the power of your Spirit, by the authority of your Word, by the blood of Jesus, that we would get what you're laying down today, Lord. Father, help every word that is said come straight from you. Any error, any mistake, I pray that you would just wipe it from the ears of your people. Father, may you be glorified. Jesus, we thank you because you loved us first. And Holy Spirit, move in this place. Touch lives, touch hearts. Glorify yourself. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Listen, the same question that these guys had we have, right? They wanted to know how to get to the Father's house, how to follow Jesus and where he's going. They have those same questions. We have these same questions. 4,400 world religions have their own view on salvation. The difference between their view and our view is that every religion other than Christianity believes on some way, shape, or form, that man must be involved in the achieving of a level to become redeemed and saved and to make it to the Father's house. All of them. Uh, you, you come into a state of nirvana. You, you come, you are enlightened. You have achieved something by doing things or giving things or, or whatever it may be. Not Christianity. Not Jesus. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it before we even knew about it. Jesus. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. Right? Somebody in this place needs to hear this. Somebody in this place today, your life is falling apart. Things are just collapsing upon you. You don't understand how God could allow this or that. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus our Jesus, your Jesus, starts off by telling his guys, his people, listen, don't let your hearts be troubled. Why would he say this? Well, the context of our text today is that Jesus is teaching about, finally, his death. He was taught, he taught and, and proclaimed that um, Judas would betray him, that Peter would deny him, there would be an embarrassing foot washing going on all in this time. All these rapid things are happening at once. These guys, their life have been turned upside down. They, anybody have a family business? You know how hard it is to separate yourself and to step off and get away from a family business? Peter, John, James, these guys, they uprooted their lives to follow Jesus. And now Jesus is saying to them, I'm leaving. And where I go, you can't come yet. What? What? That wasn't in the brochure before. What? I mean, I left the business, you know? I had a position as a Roman tax collector. I left it. And now you're telling me a couple years later? 
nope, can't follow me no more. What? You know, these guys, they were troubled. They were troubled. Peter, one of their leaders, was proclaimed to be, you know, one who would deny. I mean, it freaked these guys out, as it would us, as it is maybe in your life now, when everything you knew was true and things are falling in on top of you. Jesus says this morning, listen, let your hearts not be troubled. You know why? Because in heaven, the way to heaven is through me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Why? Because there is room for you. There is room for you. Jesus is talking about a heavenly home, the Father's house. Listen, home is a place where, uh, you know, like home sweet home, no place like home. You know, I, I talked to Pastor Lucas last night when he got home from his trip, and there, he's like, there ain't no place like a home. I'm like, yo, bro, that's in the message tomorrow. You know? <laughs> And you get it. We get it. At home, it's a safe place. At home, it's a place where you, you are comfortable, that you, you rest. You determine how much of the world enters in to your home. You know, it's okay to be you at home, right? Home is a beautiful thing. The problem is that not all our homes are great. Matter of fact, I'm sure all our homes have issues. You know, there's arguments, there's hurt feelings, there's broken relationships, there's, there's this, there's that. Jesus is saying, listen, I got a home in my father's house that has no trouble. No trouble, let me tell you, at all. <laughs> Revelations tells us that there will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying. Never again will we hunger, never again will we thirst. God will wipe away every tear from our eyes, Revelation 7, 16 and 17. Not only that, God has created and woven in us, in our DNA, in our fabric of who we are, this, 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 this urgency or this unction to be with him, to be in heaven. It's woven into our, into our DNA, into who we are. Jesus is saying, listen, listen. Or a matter of fact, the psalmist says it this way. Right? And we all know, as a deer pants for the stream of waters, my soul pants for you. That's our heart. That's who, that's been woven in there. If we understand it or feel it or know it, it's in there. And nothing can ever achieve that fulfillment but heaven and with Jesus. Amen? There's a problem, though. The problem is sin, obviously. The problem is sin. The Bible puts it this way. For everyone, say everyone. Everyone, that includes you. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God or God's glorious standards. Everyone. It says that no one is righteous. Not one. Not one. So the sin that entered into our lives naturally, and what we have made a mess of, that sin, what it does, it corrupts that, that woven uh, instinct, if you will, to be with God. And that sin corrupts that and turns it into uh, wanting to be an equal to God or wanting to be a God or, or coming to God on our own terms and not His. Not His. The sin... 
Let me say it this way. Sounds good, but it's really not. Kind of like Peter saying, no, Lord, we'll never allow that to happen. Sounded good, but it really wasn't. Sin. Let me introduce you to my little friend. This plant looks healthy, right? For a plastic plant, it looks healthy. We do plastic because my wife kills everything. And she's cool with that. Me too. I like plants that look green. Anyway, here's my little friend. The plant is God, right? But when I take my snippers here, my straight out of the kids' classroom snippers, and I cut a leaf off this plant. The leaf looks a lot like the plant, right? Looks good, looks healthy. But we all know what's going to happen to this leaf, right? It's going to wither and it's going to die. And since we were created, we have been withering and dying because we are not attached to the Father. We are not attached because of sin. Sin. See, we want to say, if I can just do more good things than bad things, then it'll all work out. Right? God surely wouldn't do this if I just did more good than bad. It doesn't work that way. In fact, Ephesians tells us in Ephesians 2 that we are dead in our trespasses and our sins. Dead. So a dead man accomplishes what? Nothing. Nothing. The dead man cannot take this and reattach itself. Can't happen. It doesn't matter how hard he tries. It doesn't matter. It's going to wither and die if it's not part of the plant or part of the stem, part of the roots, part of God. I can't do enough good to make this live. It's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can give. I could give my life as a sacrifice, and it still would not achieve life for this plant. The only way this plant will live, the only way this plant will live, and those plants out there will live, is if we are attached to the vine, if we are attached to God. That is our salvation. You can't do it. How do, I, how do I fix the plan? Duct tape? It's not going to work. It's going to die. Only God can graft this plant back into itself. Only God, by the power of his word, by the power and the authority of his purpose and plans, he can do it. You know, there's some, I'm sure there's some... Uh, gardeners and all that, you can, you can graft plants back together, you know, and even like change it, what kind of plant it is or all that stuff. The truth is only God can do that for us spiritually. <clears throat> only through Jesus. Jesus puts it this way. I am the way. I am the way. Notice he didn't say, I'll show you the way. I'll lead you in the way. No, he says, I am the way. Why? Because if he showed us or he led us, what's the next response? It would be our responsibility to take the next step, to walk towards God. And you know what? We would fail, just like 
I can't put that back on that, on that plant. You will not make it. It is only through the work of God, through regeneration in salvation, that we are able to be grafted back into the plant. He is the way, right? He is the way. He is the only way out. Jesus is the only way out of the mess that I created. I don't know about you, but I can make some messes. And I'm sure there's some messes in the room. He's going to handle it. He's the only way out of my mess. He's also the only way in to heaven. True salvation is accepting the fact that Jesus is the only way. The only way. It is through his way. You know, it's a beautiful thing to go home. You know, I went on a mission trip some like next week or last week, how Lucas is last week. So, you know, I don't know how long. It was 22 years ago. I know how long ago it was. 22 years ago, I was on the mission field with my wife and a group of other people. Fairly new Christian, trying to figure out what my thing is, you know, what God wants me to do. And I figured mission's part of it. Let's go to the mission field. And you all been to a third world country? It's a trip, ain't it? I'll tell you what. Port-au-Prince... The infrastructure is so poor in Port-au-Prince that roaming blackouts is the norm. In other words, when I was there in February, in winter, February, it was like 104. There was a time in this trip that I was like, you got to be kidding me. No water. My first shower was four days in. And with this group, here's a little helpful hint. If you're ever in a third world country, hear me, people. <laughs> when the power came on at Port-au-Prince on the fourth day at like 2 a.m., everybody gets up and runs to the shower because you're going to need a little power to get the water off the roof and to where it needs to go and all that. It only happens when the power comes on. Four o'clock in the morning or whatever it was, I, everybody gets up. I'm like, what's going on? Oh, the shower's working. The shower's working. So what do I do? Like a fool? Oh, you go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. You know, super right. Just, go ahead. Jesus, Jesus would want me to let you take your shower. That's a mistake, people. <laughs> Trust me. Don't give your shower up. So I think there was like 10 of us, right? They all go, and then it's my turn. <laughs> yeah, buddy. So I get in the shower four days. You know, you may say, eh, I know there's some guys in the room thinking four days. Pfft, that's nothing. Let me tell you, if you're on the back of a Toyota truck with like too many people in the back of the Toyota truck going down a third world country road, there's no asphalt, people. Dirt flying everywhere. It's not like, let's just put it nicely. I was nasty. I get in the shower, I turn it on, there was no shower, it was just a pipe, right? I turn it on, and it's like, I don't even know how to adequately explain the water pressure. It was, it didn't even come off the pipe. It just kind of rolled under the pipe, back up, and then down the wall. And I'm like, no, no, this is not for me. This isn't, this isn't what Jesus called me to. <laughs> sorry. But I gave it up and, and I paid the price. Don't give up yours. 
I went and jumped in the ocean the next morning. Uh, the truth is that uh, even though uh, sin may have taken us to a place we didn't want to go, Jesus wants to bring us back. Jesus is bringing us back. There was like this rooster. Oh, my gosh. The rooster drove me nuts. And I know my wife is watching, so I know you're there saying amen. This rooster, it's like they lost track of what day and night is because the lights are always off, never on, and they come on at the wrong time. Anyway, this rooster would be 104 degrees. I haven't had a shower in four days. And this rooster, and I'm sitting on a metal cot, and, and trust me, we had luxurious, luxurious, that's another word, a luxurious stay. I mean, we had it better than the people that lived there. But the rooster would drive me nuts. I'm laying on this bed for the fourth night, sweating, and I can't sleep because this rooster is confused. It's the middle of the night. What are you crowing for? I got up. I grabbed me a big old rock, and I winged it at him. Roosters drive me nuts. It drove me nuts then, and when I hear a rooster, I automatically go back to Haiti, man. It's like a trigger to a flashback. We have a problem. It's sin, and there's no other way. True salvation is accepting by faith the fact that Jesus is the only way. He is the truth. Who are you listening to? Who's telling you the truth? What are you hearing? The truth. The world would tell us that we don't even need to be worried about our salvation right now. Right? There's people in the room right now saying, I don't need to be saved yet. I'm a young dude. I'm a young lady. You know, or whatever it may be. Don't need it. Right? The world would have us to believe that salvation isn't for now. That's for later. That's for later. Now it's time to party. Now it's time to live it up. Now it's time to look at the temporal and live in the temporal. What? That's what the world would tell us. But if you want to know what true salvation is, we need to be listening to the voice of truth. We need to be listening to Jesus and Jesus alone. There's a great amen right there. Why should we trust him? He's the truth. You know, the biggest, the biggest challenge that I've ever, people come to me with, you know, this, this dogmatic truth. It, truth is truth, in my view. And people are like, I, I just don't believe that. It's too dogmatic. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be dogmatic. What truth isn't dogmatic? What truth can be moved from side to side? Jesus is the truth. He is not moving. He is not going. He is the way. He is the truth, right? Because he lives, I live. Because he lives, you live. The way, the truth, and the life. We want true life. It only comes through Jesus Christ. Amen? True life. Because he lives, we live also. Because he lives, he has given you a promise. He has given me a promise. He has given those who place their faith in him a promise. What's the promise? The promise is that he ain't never leaving you. The beautiful thing is that the moment that I got saved, the moment that you got saved, 
He, you are now his, and his spirit dwells within you, and he will never not be there. Even afterwards, even once we are, have made it to the Father's house, once he leaves heaven, if the timing is right, and comes back to earth in his second advent, we're coming with him. He's never not going to be with you, ever. That's a promise. That's something that I can stand on. That's something that I can count on. That's something that I know is the fact. Because he has promised it in Hebrews. He's promised us comfort. The Holy Spirit. He's promised to send his spirit to dwell within those who place their faith in him. That spirit brings that, that, that peace that transcends all understanding. It brings that, 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 that trust, that, that, that part that you do. Whatever you need is what he brings at the moment. He's given you that comfort. And he's told me, that he's going to finish the work. The work that he started in me, this mess, he's going to finish. That's a promise. That's a promise that I stand on. You've heard it before. We want, I want to put my unfinished work in his finished hands and trust it. That's as good as I can do. Because I can't measure up to his standards. Because he has a life, I have a position. You have a position. The only way you could have a position in the kingdom of God is through Christ. You have a position in his will. You have a position in his work. And you have a position in his worship. All of it. You all have been given that opportunity or that position. Not everyone has. Amen? Because he lives, I am called privileged. You are called privileged. You are called the children of of God. You are a child of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's all you, Lord. You've given me the privilege. And I'm not only just a child of God, but I am a joint heir with Jesus. You are a joint heir with Jesus. What he has, you will have. More of Jesus is what we're all about. The Father's house. Jesus Jesus and more Jesus. We are privileged. We're not only promised, positioned, and privileged, we have power because he lives. What do I mean? It says in 2 Timothy that we have power over our, ourselves, our own being. We have self-control because the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. That's a promise. That's been given. That's power. We have power over sin. How I many you know we got victory in Jesus, right? He lives. He won. Because he won, we win. When we put our faith in him, in him alone. Nothing else. It's Jesus alone plus nothing. We also have power over Satan. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Most of us would be... Satan would eat over for lunch, but God has given you the power over Satan. It says that you, if you resist him, what's it say he'll do? He'll flee from you. That sounds like some power. If I can evacuate the presence of Satan out of my zone, that's pretty powerful. I'm thankful for that. God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could think or ask. Because he lives, we have purpose. We have purpose. A deeper purpose. An eternal purpose. All because of him. 
Nothing I could do. Nothing that I could, could achieve apart from through him. If he said, Jim, here's the way. There's the path. I think the message says, I'm the road that leads to the Father's house. There's the road. I'm probably going to go that way. Right? Some of us are, you know, challenged in navigational things. Your GPS will send you to a dead end, and you'll just drive right into it. Some of us, you know, we have a purpose. God has given you a job. He has given you something within yourself that is bigger than you. That is bigger than me. It's bigger than this room. It is the kingdom of God, and we're taking ground for Jesus. Amen? We're not going to allow confusion. Yeah, there may be 4,400-some world religions, but listen, I know what I believe. I know that apart from what Jesus did for me, I have no hope. No hope. Nor did I even care to have hope. You ever live without hope? It's a pretty brutal thing. It's a pretty brutal thing. Jesus. Who is Jesus to you? He is the only way to the Father. It's dogmatic. You can't work around it. You can't add to it. You can't subtract from it. It's all Jesus. Acts 4 and 12 says it this way. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given by mankind by which we must be saved. The only way home, the only way is Jesus. Jesus is the only way home to the Father. A place where you will be comfortable. A place where you'll be secure. A place where it's okay to be you. God has created this for you and for me. Jesus paid it all. And let me tell you some things about heaven. Water pressure is killer. <laughs> Water pressure in heaven ain't no trickle. I mean, it's like all you need. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. God is so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, because I am privileged, I thank you. Because I have a purpose, I thank you. Because I have a position, I thank you. Because I have a promise, I thank you. We thank you. We thank you. So do not be deceived, brethren, sisterin. <laughs> There's only one way. There's only one way. It's the most fundamental truth in our Christian Bible. It's Jesus plus nothing. And it's hard to understand because my natural self wants to earn it. My natural sinful self thinks I could figure it out. My self thinks we can get it done. It's not going to happen. You will be just like me. You'll think that. You'll have pride about that. And then you will crash and burn. And God will take me and kind of wake me up and bang my head on the concrete so I understand what he's trying to teach me. I can't do it. You can't do it. Pastor Lucas can't do it. I can't pray you into heaven. Only Jesus. Jesus and Jesus alone. Guys, thank you, Lord. 
Let me tell you something today. If you need a little water pressure, Jesus is your guy. Jesus is our God. If you're here today, right, and all this is completely foreign to you, you just, just like, don't get it. It's okay. Everybody in the room has been there. There's been a time when we just don't get it. There's been times and there will be times when we don't understand. There's going to be a time when we need to trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. For your salvation, you've heard Lucas, Pastor Lucas say a number of times. You are saved, you are being saved, and you will continue in heaven to be eternally brought to the position God has desired for you. God is a no respecter of persons. In other words, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. He's talking to me first. And he's probably talking to you first. If you're here today, and this salvation thing has just eluded you, right? It's okay. Have you ever felt, have you ever felt out of place, like you don't fit in? fit in, but really inside, I don't fit in. You know, and you've been carrying that around with you a long time. You just don't fit in. Right? I just don't fit in. You don't fit in. You're not supposed to. This is not our home. This is a temporary stopover. Jesus wants to give you so much more than a church service. He wants you you. He sacrificed, or yet I was a sinner. He did what no one else would do. No one else could do. And you're here today, and, and you, you're stuck. If you're listening to the world for your truth, you're stuck in a dead end. You don't need to know about Jesus. You don't need to know that all the details. You don't need to know all the scriptures. What you need to know is that he wants you. Just you. Just you. Not a version. He wants the you at home. He wants you. And he wants me because he wanted me I just changed everything everything I'm not quite sanctified enough to let the shower go by again but don't work God loves you just the way you are you don't have to figure it out and get right come to Jesus and he'll, he'll make things work out we can't come to God on our own terms. It's his way or no way. And his way is repentance. And the biblical understanding of just a simple word of repentance is to change your mind. That the Holy Spirit is working in you, even this very moment. And there's some conviction going on in your heart and you're sensing his presence. It's okay. He just wants you. 
He may call you to certain things, but he doesn't care about that. He cares about you and the person next to you. Today, if you don't know him, it's as simple as changing the way you think from if I could just do enough good things to Lord, I am helpless without you. Everything changes. Everything changes. So if you're here today, you don't need me to pray with you to be saved. Jesus wants you already. And he did everything that is needed to be done for you. What are you going to do with what Jesus did? What am I going to do with what Jesus did? Those people watching on the internet, what are they going to do? What are you going to do with what Jesus did? Trust in him. Trust in him today. Trust in him today for your salvation, but trust in him today for your, your walk. You're being saved and you are saved. God's sanctifying power is working in all those trust Jesus. You may say today, I don't, I don't even know what it means to trust Jesus. What it means? It means acknowledging by faith that I am a sinner and that I have no hope. No hope of a way home apart from Jesus. No shot. But with him, Trust me, for me to be here, I can testify that God can do incredible, incredible things yes. for his glory and my good and your good. If you don't know this, today is your day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. We're not promised anything but this breath that we're inhaling at the moment. Had a good had a friend not long ago. Not long ago, he was out on the golf course. I heard it was a great round. It must have been. Yeah, he got to his car, he fell over dead. It was a great day. It was a great round. About now. Don't leave the opportunity on the table. If you don't know Jesus today, today's the day. Today's the day. Who would have the courage this morning to actually just raise their hand for Jesus? I'm a sinner, and I need you. And I realize that I have no other way to the Father but through you. you put your hand up with all eyes open all eyes open thank you Lord thank you God is good and his heart for you is good his heart after you is pure his best is designed for you let's pray Father
morning, Lord, for those that know without a shadow of a doubt in their heart that they are yours. Father, we rejoice. We sing hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. But Father, for those who haven't, Lord, you know our hearts. Lord, you know shortcomings, you know, know everything. You know the ugly part. All the ugly in me, you know it. But you love us anyway. And that you gave your very best, Lord Jesus, to suffer and die on that cross for me and for you. I believe. I trust you. Lord, we believe. Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.